Before we start this episode, I would like to tell you about the Give Program. The Give Program is a nonprofit company raising money for local personal trainers and gyms who have lost their income due to COVID-19. The Give Program sells boxes of meat that are delivered right to your doorstep to save you the time and hassle of going to the grocery store. They have various options such as the original box, land and sea box, poultry box, and my personal favorite, the grill box. If you're in the Long Island or greater New York area, check out thegiveprogram.org to purchase your box of delicious, high-quality protein now. Use code EATRIGHT15 to save 15%. Make sure to use all caps. That's E-A-T-R-I-T-E-15. Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today, we're going to talk about how to build muscle. up Jerome? living the dream how was your day you know i used to say no how was your day i used to say living <laughs> living living the dream and then i was like am i living the dream and i'm like nah i'm living the journey oh you're evolving Ooh, deep i just mm. want to know how your day was i don't care about my, your journey my day was my day i mean you know typical day yeah you have to have great days it was fine everything was good I got a good night's sleep last night. That is a game changer. It was it was the first time this week. That you had a good night's sleep? Yeah, this week was rough with sleep. It's a new schedule. Well, not new, but like getting back to a schedule. Yeah, we're, it's all good. All right, so let's talk about muscle. Woohoo! Let's. I, if anybody knows how to build muscle, it's this guy. <laughs> That's for sure. This girl, too. I went Yay. from skinny ballerina. You might to, know a thing or two. Yeah, you know, a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit. So. It took me a long time. This is what I love about this topic is. Let's patient. talk about the components. And I, I want to talk about, you know, I hear this constantly. I'm trying to build muscle and I'm working out a ton. And yes. I, I'm just not getting anywhere. Which is not true. Well. Do you it think it, be, it, it could be true? Well, it could be true if they're, well, we'll talk about the re- the things or, you need to do to do it. To or, build the, or the other thing that I hear a lot is I'm eating a ton of food. I Like, I, yeah. I'm doing what I need to be doing and I'm not building muscle. Well, that's the same type of I'm doing well, what I need to do and I'm not losing weight. Blah, blah, my, blah. Aunt, my, my response to that is, well, if you're not seeing results, then you're not doing what you need to be doing. Exactly. It goes both ways. So for the people out there that are working out really, really hard, focusing on their workouts, not getting results, you need to start focusing on your nutrition because mm-hmm. I said I said it once and I've said it, I'll say it again and I'll say it probably multiple times again. Recovery is everything when it comes to building muscle. It's yeah. less about the workouts and more about the recovery process. Yeah. And there are different factors to the recovery. Mm-hmm. And for those people that say, I'm eating a ton of calories, right? The first question I ask, okay, well, well what's I'm eating a ton, a ton of, of food. I'm eating a ton of food, right? How many calories are you eating? I don't know, but I'm eating a lot. Or yeah. how much protein are you eating? I don't know, but I'm eating a lot. But I'm eating enough. Not I'm even eating a lot. Enough. I'm eating enough, which we I'm know is enough. not true. Yeah. So 
let's get into it and what the components are that if you are trying to build muscle mm-hmm. and you're struggling and you're working out, you feel like you're working out hard and you feel like you are getting adequate nutrition and you're just not getting anywhere. I want to give some tips on things, the things that you'll need to focus on in order to adequately build muscle. Now, mm-hmm. for me, this one, I never struggled with this because I, it was always intuitively the nutrition was everything. I remember when I wa- walked into, at, at one point I got a guest pass at some gold's gym somewhere on Long Island. Mm-hmm. And I worked out there and they had this big chart on the wall that was, it was like muscle building and how much protein you need to eat and the ratio yeah. of carbs, right? It was giant. It was on the wall. And you know, I got a lot of stuff early on from reading the magazines, reading Flex magazine, and they always pushed food and nutrition. And here's this bodybuilder and their meal plan. And here's, mm-hmm. you know, here is a chart, that chart that I referenced in, in a previous episode when we talked about us and our journey. Right. And I talked mm-hmm. about I pulled that chart out of it's like a fold out, like a trifold thing from Flex magazine. Mm-hmm. And it was you know, different foods and how much protein was in them. And then I just started weighing things out and calculating my protein. And, and, and intuitively, mm-hmm. that's what I started doing. So let's focus on that in terms of building muscle, how much protein you're going to need. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be anywhere from 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. Yep. Or you can just stay with the general rule of thumb of one gram per pound of body weight. Yeah. See, I think that's low for building muscle. Now, I have done upwards Personally. of a 1.5 grams per pound of body weight, and mm-hmm. I've been very successful doing that. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was overkill or not, but I know that I got great results doing it. Well, then see, if you got great results doing it, I will say something and and this kind of, you know, as we were approaching building, building out this episode and, you know, we already built it out. And then I saw an Instagram post that came up about putting on body fat when you're in a build yeah. phase. We definitely have to talk about this. You should expect if you're doing it right, mm-hmm. if you're doing it optimally, that you will yeah. put on some body fat. Yes. And you also have to spend, let's talk about timing, because this one of my biggest issues with putting on muscle is that people don't spend a long enough period of time in a calorie surplus to get the results. And then the second piece to that is when their body fat levels go up, they absolutely freak out. Like you have to accept that that is going to happen when you're in a calorie surplus. And I've seen that in top level competitors. Yeah. Like I, I've seen, I've seen, you know, through being here on Long Island with the, the bodybuilding Mecca, right. I've mm-hmm. seen some of these physique com- competitors early on that would yeah. stay lean all year round. Mm-hmm. And then they would have the same physique every single year. And what of happened, course. what happened with physique was the athletes were getting bigger and bigger over time. Yeah. So if you were that person that wanted to stay lean over time, you're not progressing. Off season is for putting yeah. on a little bit of body fat. Mm hmm for a pretty long period of time. Yeah. Right? Yep. And you're you're just going to you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to accept that. That's a big but that's a big deal in terms of can I find that it's really hard for people to accept that they have to put on a little bit of body fat in order to build muscle. They want to be able to stay lean and build. I just don't get how can, people are, get don't get that. Are you going to put on body fat? Yes. Do you want to put on a ton of excess body fat? No. But what I will say 
is, you know, can you stay lean? Yes. The leaner you want to stay when you're doing it. And the, the, if you take the most gradual approach to your caloric surplus, it's just going to take you longer to get there. Right. And that's why I say that you have to spend a long period of time in the calorie surplus. And the reason why I say that is because it's a small surplus. You don't need a huge amount, like 500 calories can be 100 to 200. I think 500 calories is a great surplus. It can be. It depends on the person. And I'll, I'll tell you why, though. For me, a 500 calorie surplus, at the very least, I I would get strong in those bigger surpluses. I would get so much like exponentially stronger. Mm-hmm. And that that would allow me to do some power building where mm-hmm. I was like, I'm mixing powerlifting and bodybuilding mm-hmm. together. And that's where I got the greatest results. Yes. You're also a male and like twice my size. So for me, as a female of like 120 pounds, I don't need 500 calories. Uh, like 250, 200 to 250 was a really good space for me to be in because I also felt like my energy levels were high. I felt fantastic. And a little bit of extra body fat on actually felt really good as well. So it, de- it really does depend on the person. And I think it depends on what you can tolerate in terms of how you feel. You know, like what was your highest weight when you were in a build phase? 240. Right. And what's your what was your lean cut out of a build phase? So my last build phase, build phase I was as strong as I can be. I was like as strong as an ox. My mm-hmm. deadlifts, my squats were going through the roof. Right. Uh, one of the things that I did, which I think I want our audience to learn from my mistakes. Mm-hmm. Two things that came from that last build. Essentially, what happened was I came out of college and I, I lost a ton because I was focused on my studying. And mm-hmm. when I graduated, I was like, all right, I want to build again and compete again. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I went all out and I had periods of time where. I was upwards of 7,000 calories a day consistently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got up to 240. And one of the issues that I had with getting up to 240 was I was stuck there. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I wanted to bring up is I learned firsthand. There, there were two things that I think happened. One, I created more fat cells by increasing my body fat too high. Too fast. Yeah. Right. So the or too, or too, too much. High. Right. Excuse me. Too high, so. Yeah. There's a theory that when you increase your fat cells, your fat cells can fill up to a certain capacity before your body, they have to split and your body has to create new fat cells to then fill those up. Right. I think that happened. And I think down the road, it affected my hunger and satiety. Mm -hmm. And the other thing was I was definitely insulin resistant. Mm -hmm. And insulin resistance is to me, one of the worst things you can be in terms of building lean mass because- What happens is your your insulin receptors downregulate mm-hmm. and they can't take in insulin and therefore the carbohydrates, they're not going to be taking in carbohydrates. They're not going to be uh, efficiently taking in amino acids. So at 240, it stopped for me. Yeah. The loss for that competition was tremendous. It was it was like 50 pounds over 20 weeks. Yeah. Wow. And it and I, I competed at 187. But to get there, I had to take such drastic measures yeah that i felt like my physique was not it could have been better yeah but at the same time it was also it was my biggest physique i've ever come with it wasn't my hardest grainiest look yeah yeah but it was the biggest i've ever been on stage that's when big cito was born and you know (laughs) 
I, I had some I had some aspirations to be like I was like, I want to get on stage at like 250, 260. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I just I didn't think it was healthy. I didn't want to continue yeah. down that route. And now I'm like, I just want to be like a regular bigger guy, not like a like massive. I mean, I came up with working out at Bev Francis powerhouse with yeah. the big dogs. I mean, you look at these guys, they turn around, their backs are like as wide as your refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. But anyway, so first and foremost, like we always say, in order of importance, calorie surplus, protein, carbs, fat, th- those are all the important. Train things. hard. I, I think in, in when you're building, carbs are way more important than fat. Mm-hmm. So you're going to want adequate fat to maintain healthy hormone levels. Mm-hmm. You're going to want, depending on what your calories are, right? You're going to want to break it down into some kind of a ratio, maybe 80 to 100 grams of carbs. 80 to 100 grams. Wait, you lost me. I'm uh, sorry. Maybe 80 to 100 grams of fat. I was going to say, that's not carbs. <laughs> the Let me just backtrack a little bit. Yeah, so protein, back. protein, you want to have, ideally in a build phase, you could do a gram to 1.5 grams. If you're, I will say, I don't think a gram is low because if you think of the average person trying to build lean mass, yeah, they're not even coming close to that. So yeah. let's start them off at a gram. Mm-hmm. Carbs, I usually say as a general rule of thumb, two to three times your protein. Mm-hmm. Now, depending on who you are and what your body type is, right? You've got yeah. ecto, meso, right? I was an ectomorph. So for me, two to three uh, times carbs, that was that was good for me, right? So let's say I, like me at 200 pounds, was eating 200 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. I would probably eat at a minimum 400 grams of carbs a day. Yeah upwards of 600 grams of carbs a day that's my dream <laughs> yeah right won't work out too well for you though no <laughs> and the your fat intake you know at that rate at 200 pound me i'd get in a minimum 100 grams of fat a day mm-hmm. and you want to create that surplus right so we yeah. talk about calories we talk about the uh creating a caloric surplus honestly focus on your macros and the the calories are going to work themselves out yeah You can look at a maintenance and work backwards from there and say, okay, well, what is my maintenance? Mm -hmm. Let me create a surplus, which especially for hard gainers, 500 calorie surplus at a minimum. Mm -hmm. I was a hard gainer coming up, believe it or not. Nobody ever believes me when I say that. And I'm like, I worked my ass off and ate a ton. Like you see me, I'm always eating. There were times where I would eat and then an hour later, I'd eat another meal. And I was eating like six, seven times a day. Today, I know... You don't really need to eat in that frequency. You're just going to have to eat bigger meals. Yeah. But, you know, me then, that was the time that we thought six. I came up with that, that six meals a day. Right. And from the episode that we did with Dr. Bill Campbell, Mm -hmm. we know that the increase in muscle protein synthesis past a certain threshold, you know, eating six, seven, eight meals a day. It's they're not it's not going to be a greater benefit. Yeah. I mean, that's it from a calorie standpoint. But you also have to be consistent with that. Yes, you have to hit your macros. Yes, you hit your calories surplus, but you have to be consistent doing that. I mean, how many times? I mean, I have I have a lot of guys in my schedule now. I used to work for two all women's clubs, so I had a lot of females and that was more focused on fat loss. Now that I'm in a co-ed gym, I have a lot more guys that want to build muscle and they'll do it for a short period of time, start to see their body fat going up like the male fear is just as great on a build phase as it is as a female on a fat loss phase, if that makes sense. Wait, say that again. A guy fearing putting body fat on in a build phase, I find to be similar as a female fearing 
not being able to lose body fat. See, I think fat. it depends on the person and their personality. Well, of course it does. But I've had I've, many clients that are just like, I just want to bulk the fuck up. Yeah, I and I was one of I don't those get people. That. Like, I just want to grow. I just want to see the number on the scale move up. Right. Oh, yeah. I wish. Not so, true. <laughs> not for everybody. Everybody's different. You're right. But and here's the thing that the, the biggest thing that people are just like, it's not working. And I'm like, yes, you, you've is... been you've been eating like this for you can't do it for four weeks. You can't do it for a day or a week or four weeks or even three months. Like, yeah, you have you really have to be consistent for a What's year. Your... Oh, thank you. I was going to say, I always say at least 10 to 12 months of consistency. OK, so and then and then you say 10 to 12, right? The average natural person doing everything right mm -hmm. can put on 10 to 12 pounds of muscle per year. Right. In a year, a whole year. I sat down today with a new client mm -hmm. uh, that just came into my roster. And I, I was like, I have to put things in perspective for you. Yeah. 10 to 12 pounds in a year. You're playing the long game. Yes. And also, so you you might see your weight go up. It's funny because the MyFitnessPal setting, like mm -hmm. for increasing lean mass, is like yeah, it's set to like half a pound of half a pound a week. I'm like, you're not even gonna gain that. Yeah. Without putting on, without it being you know fat, but yeah, I'm like, we've got to check your body fat. We've got to we've got to monitor that. We've got to monitor your weight, and we've also have to monitor your strength because yeah. to me that's an indication that. You're Absolutely. eating a surplus because you're getting stronger. So you have enough energy to lift and yep. you're building mass. You mm -hmm. have to keep, you have to think like this. Every time that you work out, you're creating micro tears in your muscles, mm -hmm. microscopic tears that you can't even see. And your results are the accumulation of years of things that you can't see, microscopic tears that you are repairing. That's right? why recovery is so important. So think about it. It's microscopic. You can't even see it. You're building, <laughs> but you can't see you can't physically see it. And now right. you're talking about all throughout your body. So you have to be very patient when it comes to building muscle. Mm -hmm. I, and this is something that I had that conversation with Dave where we did that in Instagram post where I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, people look at me now and I'm like, yeah, but it's 15 years later. Yeah. Right. And you look at people in the magazines and you're like, yeah, but they've been working out for at least a decade. I was just going to say you train for 10 years, you're consistent and you eat, you, you eat consistently, you get your protein in, you recover strong, stronger than you, than your workouts are even strong. And it's got to be progressive over time. And I think people make their build phase short and their cut phase long, as opposed to it being the other way around. Like I like my clients to do build phase. Like I have a client that did an 11 month build phase and then cut for 16 weeks. It takes a lot longer you to know? build than it does to cut. I mean, you absolutely can take, you can take all that. You can get it to a very low body fat percentage in a matter of 12 weeks. Right. If you're doing everything, if you're you doing it do. right. Yeah, exactly. But I, I always use the block of ice kind of comparison. Like you have a block of ice and you chip it down as you cut, but then you can't cut from something that's not there. You know, so you have to be able to take that time. And then what I will say is muscle protein synthesis goes up over periods of like we talked about in that last Instagram post that I did was it goes up and then it tapers off around 48 hours. Mm -hmm. And then you're at kind of baseline. Right. So it, that goes for training, too. So if you're doing yeah. a, if you're doing a body part within 48 hours, that muscle protein synthesis is going down. So 
what I always recommend is the body part that's lagging. You want to mm-hmm. train it at least twice a week. Mm-hmm. Right. You and I have talked about this. Yep. Uh, and you want to front load it in the beginning of the week. Yeah. If that's you say, I hey, to... I, I, I want to build muscle in my back yeah. or my legs are lagging, then mm-hmm. you want to front load that. And you maybe want to consider training that multiple times in the week. Yeah. Well, that's why females train booty three times, three to four times a week. Or we do leg. I always do my legs on Monday just because that's one of my favorite workouts to push hard. I do legs in the beginning of the week just to get them out of the way because I just don't want to do them. You don't like to do them. Yeah. And you know what? Throughout like towards the end of the week. And it makes sense too. towards the end of the week. I'm I'm starting to get tired. Yeah. Right. I haven't had a day off. I've been working all week. Yeah. I just love them. So it like motivates me to kick off my Monday with a leg day. You love them until I come in and you do like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yes. To our listeners. Daron's leg days are brutal. Not so much right so now. So good. Not so much right now coming out. Well, of that's because you don't have me here to help to like work out with. So let's yeah, be honest. No, just because I just don't know. <laughs> no, anyway. Two hour leg days were I missed that, Daron. Yeah. Let's talk about where do you want to go from here? Well, we talked about calories, consistency, training hard, sleep and recovery. I mean, those are your your big rocks, right? And then patience and time. Patience and time. And then... And even just from a program standpoint. From a, from a training standpoint. Yeah. Progressive overload. You know... You want, you want to get stronger. You don't want to willy-nilly, you know, through your workouts and have it be a breeze. Yeah. Focusing if, on like compound exercises. If your last two or three reps aren't hard, make them harder. Yeah. Yeah. Training to failure definitely works. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't say, you know, there's some people that go too much. You go too hard in the gym and it's not about the gym as much as it is the nutrition and the recovery. Yeah. They go too hard and they're like, I'm going to go to failure on every exercise and every set. Yeah. I'm like, no, you should probably, you should probably choose like maybe one or two exercises Mm -hmm. and go to failure every Mm -hmm. once in a while. I mean, I don't know if I have like a textbook recommendation for how often you should go to failure, but you want to... Failure is, is, is a good thing for growth. What's your definition of failure? Failure is failing at an exercise, right? Like when you're you do- can't let's say, go anymore. Let's, let's say you're doing, you're intentionally going to failure. So you're intentionally, let's say you're doing a bench press mm-hmm. and you've done, like for me, it was always pyramids, right? And that comes yeah. from programming too. I did a lot of pyramids. I would do 12, 10, them. 8, 6. Yeah. Or, you know, for lower body, I would do a little bit of higher rep schemes. So I would do like 20, 16, 12 and eight. Yep. And I would do it in that way. So let's say I'm on a bench press and I'm on my last set and I'm doing six reps. I want to do a weight that I am going to, I'm just going to keep pushing. Right. And here's the thing with reps is I learned pretty early on. I wouldn't say right away that don't restrict yourself to the rep scheme. Number. That you set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if I hit six and I got stronger and I can do eight, mm-hmm. then keep going. And now if I want to go to failure and let's say I hit eight reps and I want to go to failure on whatever, I'm, I'm just going to keep pushing until yeah. I have my spotter there. Mm-hmm. The bar is not going to move. I'm physically tr- pushing and pushing and pushing Nothing and I fail on that rep and it doesn't come all the way up. Yeah. And then I have my spotter, you know, take over from there. That's going to failure mm-hmm. and failure is a great stimulus on your muscle to its adaptation. Yeah. Right. And I, I talk about this all the time. I had this conversation with a client today. If you're lifting whatever weight it is, let's say you're lifting 100 pounds and you do it easily. You, there's no change that's going to happen from lifting that 100 pounds again. 
So you need to increase, put an extra five pounds on the bar, put an extra 10 pounds. Like it has to be at the very least, if not failure, it has to be a struggle on the last couple of reps. That's why you need to eat also. And speaking about back to eating, I will say there's always a food over supplements and I never counted a protein shake as a meal. Mm -hmm. And I never counted a, you know, it's funny. I was working with this guy uh, years back and he was getting ready to compete and he was getting ready for his show prep. He wasn't building. He was getting ready for his show prep. And he was like eating a quest bar. And I'm like, first of all, what are you doing eating a protein bar prepping for a, for a show? Like eat food. He's like, this is my meal. And I'm like, that's not a, a protein meal. bar. Like, it's not a meal. It was a quest bar. And I'm like, I'd it's be not a, starving. Not a meal. <laughs> so you're going to have to eat whole foods. Yeah. Lots of whole foods, nutrient dense whole foods. But what I will say is when you're building it's okay to give yourself a little leeway and a balance between clean and enjoyable food. Speak. Preach. Speak. So I say it all the time. I call you, it eating dirty, but you're you're gonna want to do that. Now I had some I had like a rule when I was building where I'm like, I have to get my meals take precedence first. Right. So I'll take in my meal and then after my meal, maybe I'll have a couple of cookies which would, you know, equate to maybe an extra 100 calories. And that over the course of the day came mm-hmm. out to be a lot more, mm-hmm. right? An extra couple of hundred calories throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month. Exactly. The other thing I want to talk about back to a training perspective is deadlifts and squats are your best friend. And the reason mm-hmm. why they're your best friend, and this is going to be why sleep is your, your best friend as well, is the greatest hormonal output. Your testosterone and your growth hormone will increase by doing deadlifts and squats, by doing things that are very physically demanding. Demanding, yes. And I know you're going to say hip thrusts, but I don't know if I agree with you on that one. Well, that's okay. You don't have to, but I freaking love them. I just, it's a butt exercise. You're not training a bunch of muscles. Listen, I'm not even going to have this discussion. I don't think the hormonal output, you know, I want to see a study. You, I'll show you a study. Ridiculous, <laughs> but I'm not arguing. You can hip thrust. I mean, deadlift and squat. I'm 100 behind. I you. see you. We just want to throw those hip thrusts in there. Hip uh, thrusts, they're, they're, thrusts. Up, they're up. They're amazing. I mean, see, no, so, so you and I talked about this the other day. Like the hip thrust. They when I for me bodybuilding, hip thrust became a thing later on. I know you're gonna. I know. I know. You said this. To, he says this to me all the time. They were people were building muscle before hip thrust became a thing. Well, of and course. Bodybuilders absolutely. Had, bodybuilders had bodies. big muscular butts before yeah. hip thrusts were a thing. Like I don't, I think, don't disagree with you. I, I'm I do saying, think. I do think. I love them. I do think for me as a bodybuilder, where hip thrust came in was is great activation of your glutes before you're yes. doing your deadlifts and squats. Fair. And it's it's great if you are somebody who let's say beginner client who, you know, those clients that just can't activate their butt. What's it's yes. like their butt doesn't exist. There's no neural connection or neuromuscular exactly. connection from their brain to their butt mm-hmm. because they sit on their ass all day. Well, and then maybe they just never have moved that way. So that's my whole point is it's, you know, I always say this, there's an exercise for everybody in a way that they can feel it the best. And you just have to figure out, figure out what works best for your body. And if hip thrust is one for you, then I say throw it in there and and work it, you know, work so, it, girl, work it. It also so, just feels good. Yeah, I just 
don't know. For okay. that booty burn. Listen, I you're kinda, a guy. I get it. Whole, it's not the whole your thing. setup too. The whole setup with. The oh my god, you're so freaking lazy. <laughs> and, and then I don't want to do it. No, I, I don't want to do it. I don't know. I just don't want. I don't want to set it up, and then I have to slide underneath the bar. Right now, we have machines for that. But I was gonna say it's not even that much work. But our and listeners that, and, that's, and that's it. And, can decide. And, and from a programming standpoint, you know, with bodybuilding, I like to do single body parts. If, if you're a beginner and mm -hmm. you want to do full body workouts, great. Eventually, you're going to transition into a split routine. Where yeah, we talked about that from beginner push, to advanced. Yep, yeah. Push, pull. We talked we talked about all that. I and still love total body workouts. I just did one the other day, posted on Instagram. Like some days I just want to have an easy workout. I didn't go heavy. I was really sore from my previous two workouts and so i went really light yeah i like splitting them up i you know there's different variations of how you can split things up you can even do push pull days mm -hmm. you can do multiple of those throughout the week there are mm -hmm. tons of ways that will increase mass uh yeah. increase muscle consistency mass, right? there's 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 not one way there's you know i remember dave henry bodybuilder had had um a dog crap training and it was called dog crap training because everybody was, <laughs> this is dog crap like how are you building muscle doing this um, there's German volume training. Mm -hmm. There's, there's pyramid sets. Yeah. There's drop sets. There's yeah, super sets. Yep. There's, you know, giant sets where, where you're jumping for multiple exercises. And, and the biggest yeah. thing is you want to feel that pump in the, in the gym and you mm -hmm. want to really get that blood flowing to that muscle. And when mm -hmm. you're, when you're getting that and you're feeling that, you know, that what you're doing is, is working because your body's forced to push blood to that area because you're yeah. really working it out. Yeah. And it's variety. Like it keeps things. If you're listen, if you've been training for 10 years, like you and I have or more, you need to change things up. It can get kind of stale doing the same workouts. And the, the, the more mass you put on and the more time you've spent, the more right. at work and effort that you're going to have to put forth. And the same thing goes for your food, right? Well, as mm -hmm. you're gaining weight and gaining lean body mass, mm -hmm. your caloric needs are only going to go up, up. further. Mm -hmm. So as you build muscle, keep in mind, you're just going to have to, if you're having a hard time eating now. Yeah. Just wait. Till you're going to, you're going to, but it's, you're going to build that appetite. And you know, for some people mm -hmm. like, like the hard gainers, like for myself, when I started early on, I had to force myself to eat. I was forcing down meals. Yeah. Eventually well, listen, stomach expands and, and things change. Mm -hmm. I felt the same way. And I just came from a different background. I came from being really thin dancer and I mean, I just never had a lot of hunger when I was dancing. Then I started lifting and I started naturally getting hungrier because I was doing different workouts. And then, you know, six years later, I can eat and it feels great. No, I don't but know, Nicole. <laughs> well, I'm not eating 7000 calories, Daron. So clearly I'm not eating as much as you. But my point is that for me to, to eat six meals a day or five meals a day, that's a lot for me. It took me a lot of time to build that up and be comfortable with being able to eat that much and not feel like bad about myself. Like, oh my God, I'm eating. I used to think I'm eating so much food. Where is this going? Then when you start to look at your physique and see your body changing, you're like, oh my gosh, there it is. Look at my shoulders. Look at my abs. Look at my booty. Like it feels good to see that all the work that you're putting in is actually coming out in your physique. Your shoulders could have been bigger though. Shut up. Uh, I, I, and I will say the 7,000 calorie thing. You could have been bigger, you small ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the, the 7,000 calorie thing. Like I, I got to a point where people were like, who's that fat trainer over there? <laughs> I don't want to work with him. I was big, though. I, I was muscular, but it was it was it was just starting to become like power lifter big. Yeah. 
And listen, there are many bodybuilders who came before me that did that. Um, yeah, but everybody's progression is different. You know, like I was big for me. If you saw me at 98 pounds as a dancer, I did have big shoulders when I was 125 pounds. I felt great. So everybody's progression is. Different. I started bodybuilding at 125 pounds. <laughs> I know. And then the last thing I want to talk about <laughs> is the last thing I want to talk about is sleep. Yes, we've talked about it so many times. So let's. It's, I, I have nothing to say other than it's important. You, you need to have good quality get sleep adequate sleep seven seven to eight hours uninterrupted uh as a bodybuilder i took a lot of naps mm-hmm. and that was the lifestyle i mean it was just you're like a baby right your workouts are your play <laughs> that's how it is your workouts are your play you take naps throughout the day and you you sleep and you eat all day yeah and that's what it takes you just got to be a big baby <laughs> you fit the bill absolutely absolutely so that is building muscle in a nutshell. You need adequate protein. You need adequate carbs. You need adequate fat. You need to be in a caloric surplus. You're not going to build muscle in a deficit. You're probably not going to build muscle and lose fat at the same time unless you just started working out and never picked up a weight and never did anything in your life. And if you're struggling with it, there's something off. You're, you're either not eating enough or you're training too hard or you're not training enough or pushing yourself enough in the gym. You need to create a stimulus and then you need to feed your body to recover from that stimulus that you created. Yeah. It's got to be the optimal environment. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, comment, and you'll hear us next week. <laughs>